Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Luke chapter 22. Now the festival of unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparation for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? they asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house. The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this and remember of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with me on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to the man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves, Which of them it might be? Who would do this? A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. Jesus said to them, The king of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater? The one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and death. Jesus answered, 
I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you without pursue, bag or sandals, did you like anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, But now, if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag, and if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciple said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray, so that you will not fall into temptation. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I'm not, he replied. But an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he's a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. The, just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, Prophesy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. At daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law, met together, and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I asked you, you would not answer. 
But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, Are you then the Son of God? He replied, You say that I am. Then they said, Why do we need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips. My grandfather used to go on and on about these two swords, verse 38, saying that they proved Jesus wanted to be a violent revolutionary. What a load of tosh. May my grandfather rest in peace. We really can't take a single verse and give it more weight than all the other verses of the New Testament. Even if we just read on a few more verses, we see Jesus standing Peter down when he actually uses the sword. In context, the sword comment was one more way that Jesus was warning his followers to be ready and alert. Tribulation was coming. A better bone to gnaw on in this passage is how Jesus treats Peter. How Jesus looks straight at Peter. Gulp. Poor old Peter must have soiled his toga when he realised the depths of his shamefacedness. From that point on, he could never have doubted the basis of any future engagement with Jesus. Epic portions of grace. And yet the funny thing is that we don't even get told what Jesus' look was. I'm not entirely sure why that is, but perhaps it is because it's less important than the fact that Jesus looked at all. Jesus had more than enough to be getting along with, and yet his mind was on his followers. Jesus already knew that Peter would betray him, and yet he didn't take that knowledge and whack Peter with it. Rather, he used it to focus his attention on Peter, turning his aspect towards him in the moment of his greatest betrayal. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus chooses to give himself particularly to those who are goofing up and bankrupting themselves. This is the way of the kingdom that he has bestowed upon us. Jesus doesn't blandly say everything's okay, but he does show he's there, watching, aware of our plight, and dropping hints of the redemption that he's wanting to bring. This is the covenant that he signed with his blood. If you've bankrupted yourself, you need to know that he watched you do it. You need to know that he's watching you now. You need to know that the same epic proportions of grace that were served up to Peter are available for you too. Look at Jesus looking at you. Get on your face. Receive the sweet forgiveness his broken body offers to you. Receive his kingdom. And then go be a disciple who gives the same service to others that Jesus has given to you. Question for reflection. Who do you know who's really messed up? How could you minister Jesus's grace to them? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.